Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer one, and great desserts. They even make their bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Lager Road, near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Love crowd, right? We all love each other, don't we? Am I right? Let me hear you say yeah, man. Loving you. Otis Redding. You can see Otis Redding, Janis Joplin, the Mamas and Papas, Simon and Garfunkel, Jefferson Airplane, Ravi Shankar, and others in National General's Monterey Pup, now playing at the Fine Arts Theater of Beverly Hills. This weekend is the biggest in pop music history. It's the Monterey International Pop Festival. KRLA is there. DJs Reb Foster, Dick Moreland, Bill Slater, newsmen Jim Steck, John Land, and Bill Wood. Special radio pre-Oz observers, Phil Proctor and John Carpenter. Stay tuned to KRLA for complete coverage of the Monterey International Pop Festival. Listen as KRLA's weekend festival of hits salutes the Monterey Festival. KRLA. Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Hi, this is Nick Mason from Pink Floyd, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and Google TadTalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studio downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our Facebook page. Our Bobby, go ahead. Help me out here a little bit. Our Facebook page, our YouTube page, our Twitter page, and now our Periscope page. Handle. Channel. <laughs> okay, yeah. If you missed any of our past shows, be sure and check out Nostalgic Radio and Cars, the podcast. Did I mention our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com? Did I say that already, Bobby? Well, here we go. GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Okay, well, anyway, we had some uh, fun here this past uh, week or so. Anyway, uh, good evening, and how are you doing, of course, naturally? Very good. Very good. Okay, so let's tell everybody what we did last week. Last week, we've been kind of getting on this Periscope kick, so I'm going to let you explain to our listeners what that is a little bit, so everybody can kind of, like, uh, chip in. What happened was, about a week and a half ago, we went to uh, the Reeves Cars and Coffee, the first of the month, and uh, then we went to uh, Garage One. They had a Cars and Coffee, and that's where we met Gene. As a matter of fact, Gene was a guest on our radio show last night, and he's got this really cool product called Speed Wax. It works great. It works really good. So if you go to the Speed Culture app, matter of fact, we probably should go into the Speed Culture Minute because there's a number of things going on 
this week. Okay, now aside from the normal Thursday night Quaker Steak and Lube, Friday night Biff Burger, Kissimmee Meekum Auctions comes to town at the Osceola Heritage Park. I guess it's a, like a kind of like the fairgrounds up there in, in Kissimmee, Osceola Park, Osceola Heritage Park, and uh, Meekum. They've got three thousand cars that are going to be auctioned off starting Friday. Friday's the fifteenth, right, Bobby? I think so. Yes. Okay, all the way through next weekend. And of course, then the next weekend, the week after, kind of like uh, the following Monday, commences Scottsdale Automotive Week. So there's a number of things going on. Also, you have the Cavalino, which is the all-Italian Ferrari, basically, show. For basically, show. Ferrari car, basically. Okay, Ferraris and Lamborghinis and all Highline Italian exotics. Don't make me come up! Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> i got to call you back. <laughs> Excellent, Bobby. Uh, so, anyway... Uh, that uh, that was our good friend Rob Bartlett, who was on our show for our Christmas Eve special. Rob Bartlett, if you're listening, thank you a lot. Uh, he can be heard every morning on the Tan Talk Radio Network here on the Don Ima Show, right? Which is uh, six to nine. Six to nine, right? Yeah, Don, he's good. We're gonna have to have him on again. Anyway, uh, and then of course Sunday, a week from this coming Sunday, is the uh, Mar a Largo event down there, and I'm hoping that I can get down there because I've never been to that. That should be pretty spectacular. And, of course, the following week is, is Scottsdale Week. But anyway, so that's the uh, the Speed Culture Minute. Now, if you want to find out about... You are the, cars, the most patient man in radio. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, the uh, If you want to find out about all the events, it's it's real simple. We have developed, my buddy and I, we, I'm co-founder, we have developed this automotive app that can be found on your telephone, on your cell phone, and it's Android and iphone Compatible, right, Bobby? Is that the right word? Yes. Totally got that. Okay, and it's called Speed Culture. The website is called SpeedCultureApp.com. And I've got to tell you, the more and more we use this thing, you know, Ice Ice Jeffy has done a spectacular job. He's kind of like the wizard behind this. I mean, I do some of the PR, and I do some of the marketing, and I've, I'm responsible for getting advertisers and stuff like that. Like DuPont's is on our, on our is one of our advertisers. National Park Depot, I want to welcome them to our uh, to our app. And uh, our website and so on into Speed Culture. Um, Garage One, I want to welcome them. I want to welcome, uh, let's see, who else? Oh, yeah, JR's uh, to- Classic Toy, or what is it called? Just Toys, Classic just, Cars. Yeah, Just Toys, Classic Cars. I got it straight. Um, th- see, what happens when I trip, stumble, and go, that means that's a sign of intelligence because I've got so many things on my mind. I actually think faster than I talk. I can't get the words out fast enough. You're not talented. You're not funny. <laughs> Well, the deal is, is that when you're on radio, you know, it's the real deal anyway. So, you know, you have to think and you got to talk fast because we got 53 minutes and 50 seconds. Right, Bobby? Yes, 53 minutes, 50 seconds. Okay. Well, anyway, so speaking of which, I think it's about time to get our guest on the show. Now, what we're going to do is we have two guests coming on tonight. We have one guest on because there's a big event next week, which I forgot to mention. But it's not really speed culture related because if you guys kind of listen to my show a little bit, we do a lot of stuff. Uh, we play a lot of cl- cool classic 60s, 70s music. I'm a, a, a poor excuse for a musician. Um, I play guitar a little bit and keyboards a little bit, but very, very bad. And I've been kind of practicing here lately. So anyway, but the next week in uh, Orlando is the Guitar Expo. So if you guys are guitar fanatics like myself, you will truly enjoy this. Well, we've got the founder coming on here a little bit later. And we also have another significant individual from Meekum Auctions coming on our show later this afternoon, too. So uh, I want to say later this afternoon. Later in the afternoon if you're in the West Coast. Later in the evening if you're on the East Coast. But anyway, so what we're going to do is I think Bobby's got our guest on the line. And uh, what we're going to do is talk a little bit about musical instruments and guitars. And I think, Bobby, do we have our guest on the line? I'm on the phone! 
<laughs> you are so good at that. Okay, so is our guest just about there? Because I'll go ahead and introduce him. Yes, do we want to hear a song first? Uh, yeah, you know what? Let's go ahead and play a little song here. We've got uh, something. Since since uh, David Bowie passed away this past week, I think what we're going to do, we're going to play a song to kind of commemorate him a little bit. So uh, you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and we're going to play a little song here for David Bowie. And uh, don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. And we have our special guest. Listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgia Radio and Cars. Frustrated looking for car shows? Want the latest in automotive news? How about videos and podcasts? Well, check out Speed Culture, the comprehensive automotive app now available on Google Play and the App Store. Speed Culture brings you motorsports event listings based on your current location. Speed Culture also brings you the latest news feeds, videos, podcasts, and more. Speed Culture, the automotive enthusiast mobile app. For more information, check out speedcultureapp.com and download it today. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on Westway Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends Corey, Jed, and Kurt at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Hey everybody, this is Andy Powell, guitarist, Wishbone Ash, and you are listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and it's time to introduce our first guest for the evening. This gentleman is the founder and promoter of 
Guitar Expo, which takes place next week in Orlando. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening, Morty Beckman. Morty, are you there? Yes, Robert. How are you tonight? Pretty good. So, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, Guitar Expo and how, uh, and a little bit about your musical background? Well, the Guitar Expo is approaching its 30th year in Orlando, and it is primarily a buy-sell trade event, but everybody shows up. There's all kinds of players from the area, and sometimes from time to time people we would consider to be um, stars. Uh, Not as many as you would think, because they oftentimes will send people to buy for them, uh, or else they'll have people... Maybe some of our dealers that they deal with in their home area, say up north or out in California or even in Japan or England or Holland, wherever they might be. Now, you said 30 years. Are there uh, a number of events like this going on around the country? There are. There are quite a few guitar shows. Um, We call ours the Orlando International Guitar and Music Expo. They are also referred to as guitar shows, and uh, they are primarily vintage guitar events where enthusiasts, dealers, traders, players, um, uh, recording artists, etc., come to acquire what we consider to be the uh, holy grail of instruments, which are the somewhat older instruments that were made with a lot of care. Okay, that's a fair statement. Now, just since you're uh, you you kind of uh, segued into that instruments today compared to the way they were built. I mean, between the technology and stuff like that, maybe there's some technological advancements. But would you, would it be fair to say that the craftsmanship of the older instruments is probably better? I think that what it, one of the things that happens is is that, particularly with acoustic instruments, for example. The wood ages over a period of time, and so consequently an older instrument tends to sound better as it, uh, there are people that say the molecules in the wood line up according to the music that's played in it. Um, electric instruments are probably today every bit as good as any made ever made. Uh, there is a nostalgic quality to the older instruments. People like them because maybe it was what they came up with in high school or college. And so they gravitate toward them. They do have a unique sound, and they do have a unique feel. So it's not to say that there's any specificity in terms of whether an older one or a newer one is better, but there are reasons why people might want either one. And, And at the Expo, there will be some newer instruments and new instruments for sale for people who would prefer that. Okay, you're you're pretty much a guitar person, right? And the and the show is pretty much the emphasis is on guitars, correct? Yes, it is. That is correct. For the average guy out there, now I've I've started playing back in the '60s. I kind of picked it up, dropped it, picked it up, dropped it, and I can tell you that just picking it up again, I think what's really cool is you can actually go to YouTube and you can actually learn a lot. But would it be fair to say that to become a good guitarist, it really more than anything else requires practice? That is correct. I think that that it it isn't really an easy thing to do because it requires both hands and they don't really want to go exactly where you want them to go and practice really really helps lots of practice some of the you know prodigious uh guitar players are people that have woodshedded there's a term they call woodshedding that it woodshedded hours and hours and hours and hours getting their fingers moving and their chops down so that when they play they play with fluidity 
what uh, how to, to become electric guitar or let me let me go let me back up. Would it be fair to say that if you're picking a guitar, you should have someone that's fairly knowledgeable with the instrument that can help you get the right guitar that you feel most comfortable with? Is that a fair statement? Yeah, I think it, that one of the things that anybody who's looking for a guitar should keep in mind is that some instruments are sort of made in the shape of a guitar, and they're put out there at a, at a reasonable price so that they can attract people who have the idea that they would like to play the guitar. Um, but, for example, you don't really want to try to learn to drive a car that doesn't have any wheels on it. And so a better guitar, one that is made properly, and it doesn't necessarily mean old or expensive, but one that's made properly is really what people need as they go into playing the guitar. When you're starting out, whether you play with, a, let's say, like an acoustic, a hollow body, a solid body, does it really matter? Is it, or is it more about what feels good to you and that, what feels natural? I think it has a lot to do with, with uh, what, what attracts the person. Okay. Some people see a certain instrument, shape of instrument, or a hollow body or acoustic or whatever, and that appeals to them. And it's like many, many things. If, if it gets you and, it, and you can do it and you can spend time with it because it interests you, then that's when you're going to learn to play the guitar. And we try at, at the expo, the dealers try to bring a variety of instruments. There will be very affordable instruments. There will be very cool old instruments. There will probably even be some instruments that uh, have historical significance. Last year, uh, we had one of Dwayne Allman's guitars, a famous gold top that Dwayne played and left. I'm not sure. I think the museum in... Uh, one of the cities in Georgia has that um, guitar. But so there will be everything from one thing to another. In other words, beginner-type guitars, quality beginner-type guitars, vintage guitars, used guitars, new guitars, whatever people think they might need, there will be an assortment for them. Good. Now let me ask you this. For some people, would you say that some people can kind of have a, a, a potentially a natural talent for the instrument? Is it because they have an ear for it? What attributes to that? Well, I think that there are a lot of things involved. You know, just like maybe a, a, a quality race car driver might have a feel and, and an average person could approach that level but maybe never be a great race car driver. And that probably has something to do with the guitar. But it is really a people's instrument, and you can play it anywhere. You know, you can have it in your living room with a small amp. You can have a little band in your back bedroom. You can uh, play on the porch. You know, you can take it out to the river if it's an acoustic. There are so many options, and and it really is a, an instrument that people can play. And the history of the instrument really does come from, from it being something that was played in the parlor, and, and uh, people enjoyed it as... Oh, a thing to do in the evening after dinner and, and after the workday was done. Where did the guitar originate? You know, I think that the guitar is probably four or 500 years old, and I would imagine that they would say, it, I, I'm not really up on classical guitars, but originally the guitars were classical instruments, and probably Spain is where the guitar was originated. Um, it it is really basically they used to make lutes out of gourds 
and they would put a top on, they would cut a gourd in half and put a top on it and string it up with a neck and some strings. And if you see a, a round back mandolin, or that's what a lute kind of looked like, only it was a little bit larger, and the guitar evolved from lutes, I believe. Okay. Now let's talk about Fender and Gibson a little bit. They were kind of pretty much the two most iconic uh, in the United States, obviously. And then, of course, you, you had the Europeans, you had Gretsch's, you had Rickenbacker's, and you had, uh, you know, Goya's, and you had, uh, of course, in the United States, if it was a, an acoustic guitar, you had Martin's. What, uh, in terms of values, what, um, they're all over the board, right? So give us some examples. Well, one of the things that happens is, is that it, it has to do with rarity, just like in a car. If they only made X number of Corvettes in a particular year, then that Corvette is going to be worth a lot more money. I think anything collectible, when it comes down to being a collectible item, if that collectible is in short supply for one reason or another, then it becomes more rare. Oftentimes it has to do with the quality of the instrument, but other times an, an equal quality instrument might not be worth near the same simply because... Maybe there were 35,000 of them made, but of this other instrument, very similar, there might have only been, say, 240 or 790 or any given number that you might come up with. Um, the, well, back to the Fenders. The Fenders were basically built in, is it Corona, California? Is that where that is? Yes. Um, it, Leo Fender invented the, the, the electric. Um, he, basically, the Fender guitar is sort of the Model A of, of guitars. It looks like, if you were to say, what did Leahy do, he kind of looked at what Henry Ford did to make interchangeable parts. And Fender guitars are bolt-neck instruments by and large, and they can be the parts can be interchanged fairly easily. The pickups and the knobs and the necks and the tuners can be swapped from one to another. And they were invented in California, and a lot of people don't know. I think the first solid-body uh, Fender was probably made in 1949 or somewhere right along in there. Sometimes there's some disputes about when his first commercial guitars came out. But they they were made in California, and uh, a lot of people don't know that Leo Fender didn't play. It's an interesting thing that he was an engineer and a radio guy. And he also invented uh, some amps that were essentially him fixing radios to be used for electric guitars. Interesting. Okay. And by comparison, uh, Gibson, which is where? Michigan, Kalamazoo, that area? It, the Michigan originally was in Kalamazoo, yes. It okay. sure was. And they are a little bit more sophisticated instrument. The solid-body Gibsons are made with glue instead of bolts, and uh, it's a little bit more sophisticated process to put a Gibson together. And it's, it's prefer a lot of it is preference what somebody might like, um, a sound of a Fender as opposed to the sound of a Gibson. Okay, because, you know, you hear people talk about that. Well, you know, it has a, like, for example, let's just use a, a early Fender Mustang or Jazzmaster or, uh, you know, a Jaguar or something like that, the sound versus, let's say, like a Gibson Les Paul, you know, the early one, you know, the solid body, and, and an SG, for example, or a Music Master. Right. You know, a lot of that has to do with the pickup configuration in the in the guitars. Uh, there was once upon a time, Fender guitars are made with what is called a single coil pickup, and the technology is to wrap electrical wire around magnets 
and then when the string is uh, plucked above this, these magnets with these electric wires, it generates a current in the wire and sends it down the, the, the wire to the amplifier, to the speaker. And the, the single-coil pickups, they are, oh, they tend to be a little bit uh, brighter, more acoustic-sounding. And at one point, and I believe it was a gentleman named Seth Lover, um, found out that one of the reasons that they that they were they were thin and they made a little bit of noise. They had some sympathetic sound to them, and he figured out that if he put two of them together that were wrapped in the opposite direction, that they would cancel the hums. And that's what a humbucker pickup is. When you see a double pickup in a guitar that's t- too wide. That's basically what it is. It's a humbucker, and it is really a descriptive term saying that it cancels the hum. Okay. Um, let's jump to, we got a minute or two left, let's jump to uh, um, amplifiers, because in the old days they had tubes, and the story is that a tube amp, which is very collectible these days, has a nice, mellow, soft sound to it versus the new, um, you know, circuit board type uh, amplifiers don't, don't resonate as well. You know... There is a, a lot of discussion about amplifiers, and, and uh, some of it has to do with harmonics. In, when you start talking about a, the harmonic intervals of a tone, um, they, people say, and you know whether this is true or not, I, I think it probably is, but it's one of those things that's perceivable uh, maybe by instruments easier than the ear sometimes. But you have even order what they call an even order harmonic and then they have an odd order harmonic and the argument has always been that a tube because it's a little vacuum tube with this uh, um, piece of wire in there that glows creates even order harmonics and they're more pleasing and so that is this is one of the reasons that people put forward as an argument to using tubes and when you play a tube amp you can tell the difference interesting well, Marty, we're just about out of time here, but why don't you go ahead and tell everybody how they can find out about the Guitar Expo and uh, find out more about uh, what you do. The Guitar Expo is uh, guitarexpo.net online, and you can go there and look and see uh, our public and our dealer information for this coming show, which is January 23rd and 24th at the Central Florida Fairgrounds in Orlando. And uh, it's, it's not an interactive website, but it will give you all the information. There's a directions page and a bunch of photos of previous expos. And uh, we're very proud, and we're looking forward to a um, week and a half from now when we get the, other, the next one cranked up. Super. Now, just give us an idea. How many vendors are going to be there, roughly, would you probably say? Probably we will have, we will probably have in the neighborhood of two to 300 individual dealers um, and and uh, probably in in the in the neighborhood of a hundred individual dealer spaces. Super. And then it, the attendance is usually what would you say? The, the attendance is elbow to elbow. We, we one of the things people like about our expo is that a lot of people come through the door, and they're happy because they get to see guitars, and then they get to bring theirs and maybe trade and sell. Uh, to the dealers or to one another. The public is allowed to trade with one another, so they bring them, and if they make a deal with a guy walking along, then that deal is binding. Super, super. Now, okay, now how much does it cost to get in? It costs $12 to get in per person. That's a bargain. 
That's yeah. a bargain. Marty, I want to thank you very Morty, I'm sorry. Yeah, Morty, no I want to I want to thank you very much for sharing some time with us here on Nostalgic Radio and Cars, talking about uh, guitars for a change, uh, you know, me being a big guitar fan. Uh, we'd love to have you on again sometime. Please stay in touch. I want to encourage everybody to go to the Guitar Expo this weekend. I will be there. Yours truly will be there. You might see me walking around with one of my... Next weekend, not this coming weekend, Robert, but yeah, the following weekend. Next weekend, yeah, a week from this week, a week from this Saturday, exactly. Right, 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 right. All right, well, Morty, you take care, and uh, I look forward to meeting you again. Thank you, Robert. It's always a pleasure, and I'll see you on that Friday, the 22nd. Okay, very good. Okay, bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, Bobby, what do you got in the turntable? Uh, let's get some doors cranked up here, right? Doors? Gl- no. Who's Gloria do we want? Oh, no, we're going to play the Van Morrison, the original Gloria. Oh, okay, well, you know, from uh, them. Uh, talk just for a second. Yeah, here's the deal. See, now, I want everybody to, to basically show up at the uh, Guitar Expo next week, because that should be a lot of fun. Also, I forgot to mention, too, part of the Speed Culture Minute is the end of the month. Don't forget, we got the 24-hour of Daytona. Also, I want to mention to everybody, too, that today is Rib Shack Tuesday, so if you ever want a great, great barbecue, be sure to visit our good friends down there at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown uh, Largo, right? Largo. And their number is 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. Also, Sundays. Sundays is our other favorite food hangout, and that is Bellador's Pizza. Their number is 727-581-5000. That's 727-581-5000. Also, let's see what else we got going on. Oh, yeah, like I said, Scott's still awake. And this Saturday is the DuPont Registry Cars and Coffee. Don't forget to be there at 645, okay, because it starts early. Bobby, go ahead and drop the needle in the groove. We're going to play some classic Them, Van Morrison. This song came out in actually 1964. I think this is the original version of Gloria. Hey, you're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio Cars. Don't touch that dial.
This is Robert from Nostalgia Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer wine, and great desserts. They even make their bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Lager Road near downtown Largo, or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Hello, this is Brian Johnson of ACDC, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and thank you, Brian. Of course, we has his honor because Brian is not only an excellent uh, band member and musician and stuff, but he's also a super car guy. Now, you heard me talking a little bit earlier, you know, from me comes. Kissimmee starts this Friday, week-long, 3,000 cars. That's a lot of cars. I'm excited. I can't wait. Anyway, I'm delighted to welcome the show this evening, the gentleman that is the consignment director for Meekums. He is also an NBC commentator and analyst, okay? He is also, again, since we're on the music theme, he's a musician and has his own band called Redline 7000. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening, John Carmen. John, are you there? Hey, I'm here. Super, super, super. So, are you excited about this weekend? Well, the anticipation of this event has been building virtually all year long. And I am just so really proud to say that it is going to be the world's largest collector car auction company that has ever been held. There's almost 3,000 cars. It's going to span over 10 days. We're looking to hit somewhere between 80 and $90 million in sales. It's unbelievable. That's incredible. And I, I've got the uh, catalog here in front of me. And the lineup of cars that you have <laughs> is, I mean... Where did you find all these Hemi cars? Where did you find a King Cobra? I mean, all right, so a Daytona Superbird and a Daytona Charger 500. And, but when you started getting the King Cobras, 962 Porsches, Toyota 2000s, Daytonas, I mean, you've got some pretty incredible cars. A genuine Trans Am convertible? Is that one of, what, one or two that they made? Well, this was even more of a surprise. There were eight 69 Trans Am convertibles built, only eight. Okay. We've got two of the eight. So we have, you know, a very high percentage of virtually all the Transam convertibles that were built. Uh, one's an automatic, one's a four-speed, one's got a white interior, one has a blue interior. Other than that, they're the same. And the early buzz is, is we may break or come close to the world record price ever set for a muscle car. Uh, proud to say that Meekum was a part of that. Uh, back at Meekum, Seattle, a couple of years ago, at the sale of the '71 Hemi Cuda convertible for 3.5 million dollars. So, yeah, you're hearing me right. We're expecting these Trans Ams to fetch in the multiples of million dollars. Who would have thought back in you know, on 1969? That's mind-boggling. I am told, and I don't know how true the story is, but a friend of mine, uh, a reliable source, said that back in the '70s there was one of the eight original Trans Am convertibles in Orlando. I don't know whatever happened to that car. I don't know how true the story is. I do recall seeing one running around, but I don't know. What do you know? Yeah, I don't know. That's a really good point. It's very possible, as typically convertibles did end up, not always, of course, they did end up kind of in fair weather climate. So, And I would have thought that, some, you know, certainly that would be as good a place as any to have one of those cars. Um, <clears throat> there were 697 Trans Ams built, so quite a few of them built in comparison to the convertibles. But once again, only eight of those, and, and as a result of that, the rarity and the desirability and the visibility of both of these cars is it pretty much guarantees we're going to see really strong bidding, whether or not they're going to get into the multiple million-dollar range. 
We're just going to have to stay tuned to find out. Okay. Now take us through the consignment process. How does that work? Let's say you're the consigner. I bring you a car. Let's walk, walk me through the process. Yeah, it's real straightforward. We make it very easy. First of all, there's positions and cars, uh, uh, slots, time slots for all the cars for virtually any consigner. We will have collector cars for $5,000, and we've talked about the multi-million dollar cars and, of course, cars in between. So it's not all about cars on the high end. We've got the auction set up where we start the early days of the auction for the more modest cars, and then it kind of ramps up, uh, culminating in the last weekend with the most expensive cars. That makes it easy and convenient for both buyers and sellers to be able to select uh, a day and a time slot where there's going to be people there to buy those kind of cars. So you pay an entry fee to get the car in. Uh, the first weekend is an example as low as $500. You're under no obligation to sell the car. We are a reserve auction, meaning that the consigner has the option, and most do, of placing a reserve, protected price. It's a, you know, it's a safety net. If the car doesn't hit the bidding that they want, they are under no obligation to sell. They can always take the high bid if they want, and we encourage them to do that. But there's no obligation to do that, and that's why we're able to get so many terrific cars. It takes all the risk out of it, having that reserve cushion. Now, tell us a little bit about, for example, how far in advance, if I want to consign my car, and let's just say I had the average car. Let's say I got a $15,000 Mustang or something like yeah. that, or Camaro, um, uh, and, I want to, and I want to commit my car to your, to your, or consign my car to your event. How far in advance do I have to do that? Well, we're going to have 13 car auctions scheduled on a schedule for 2016, and the parameters for entry uh, are, are all the same. It's standardized four months in advance is when we open the consignment docket, not earlier than that and not any later than that. So we always recommend that, you know, the first 30 days of the consignment uh, process is always the busiest because people are scrambling to get their vehicles in for two reasons. Number one, it gives the car a lot of promotion. It takes advantage of all of our brochures and our uh, web presence and press releases and all of that stuff. But it also lets people in and gets them in at the best positions available, the best days, the best times. Those people that are getting in at the 11th hour are taking the real early positions and the real late-in-the-day positions. Uh, so, you know, lots of reasons why, if you're interested in getting a car into any Mecham auction, step number one, key number one for success, get that car in early. Okay. Now, let's say I want to consign my car. You said it's $500 for the low end, and then how much for the high end? It'll go all the way up. We've got 500 cars running what we call our catalog segment on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, and that's our top pinnacle uh, entries, the most expensive cars. Those are $1,500 each for those positions. But we send our staff photographers to the individual's locations, regardless of where it is, and take the professional photographs at our expense, regardless of where they're located at. If a vehicle does sell, uh, and keep in mind, nobody's under any obligation uh, to sell their car. We collect a 10% commission of the hammer price. The buyer also pays 10%. So that difference between that $100,000 car uh, will net the seller 90000 The buyer will pay one ten, and that you know delta in the middle is how we make our money. Okay. Now, the bidder's, P, bidder's fee, how much is that? Say that again. A bidder's a bidder. Let's say I want to buy. I, I want to be a bidder, so I uh, yeah. a bidder's pass. Yeah. How much couple is that? Choices, couple of choices, and it's really easy to do. Okay. Uh, it's a hundred dollars in advance to sign up as a bidder. Mm-hmm. It's two hundred dollars to sign up on site, but we recommend spend the five hundred dollars. That gets you a uh, gold bidder status. That gets you access, you and a guest, to all of our auctions in in the calendar year, and some special perks along as well. We don't require. Uh, uh, a bank authorization or a letter of credit or any of that kind of stuff. 
We just require a valid driver's license, a credit card deposit of $500, or a $500 cash deposit. Once all that is done, you are qualified as a bidder, and we place no bidding limits. We trust and we believe our bidders know how far they can uh, go. And if they are the winning bidder, they simply pay us a personal check, and they take their vehicle home. We hold all titles for two weeks after the auction closes to make sure all the checks clear. Simple as that. Really? So in other words, if I pay 500 bucks, let's say now, between, between yep. now and the auction, that gets me a gold status for all the auctions throughout the entire year? That is correct for you and a guest. That is our by far best value package. If you're going to be attending more than just a couple of Megum auctions, that's the way to go. And that is a that's a process we've had that gold bidder uh, package. We've had that now for five or six years and getting more and more popular all the time. It's good value. Wow. Yeah. Sounds like it. Okay. Let's talk about some of the cars. Uh, market. Let's tell us. Uh, let's say I'm the average guy. I got about a fifteen twenty thousand dollar budget. What do you think I should buy? What's what's good? Well, you know, you know, everybody asks that. Everybody wants to know. Uh, you know, what, what vehicles maybe are poised for best appreciation, what's going to be the best investment. And I always counsel people and tell people, don't look at a car, collect your car as an investment. Look at it as something that's, you know, something that you're passionate about. What's the car that when you think of, vintage car, that you've always lusted over and would like to have? A lot of people, it might be, oh, who knows? I mean, it could be, you know, a Chevelle or a, you know, Fairlane GT. It could be anything under the sun. Good news is, is you don't have to spend... Thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars to get a nice example of of a nice fifties or sixties cars. You may not get the top performance version. You're not going to get a convertible. You may not even get a two door hardtop. But you can consider maybe a four door or two door post sedan or a car just as important that may be in more of a driver condition than a high end show condition. You know, you watch the show and all the cars look really shiny and glossy on TV. But it's when you get close to the cars you can really tell the difference between a car that was built for show. Uh, use and a car that was built for street use. There really are a lot of differences, and and you know, fifteen twenty thousand dollar budget will buy will buy a huge variety of cars. But again, what really needs to drive it is the passion and this you know particular interest. We've got import cars, we've got pickup trucks, we've got SUVs, we've got cars from the Detroit Three of virtually every generation. Well, I've inventoried this auction spanning over one hundred years. So there literally is something for everyone, and our website at meekum.com is so easy to navigate. You can click through the cars. You can do a car search. It's the easiest website I've ever been on, and you can really get a good look at a lot of great pictures, descriptions, and, you know, it's the kind of a, the, the go-to place for a lot of car nuts just for car information. Oh, yeah. Well, all right. Now, if I want to go to the event, if I just want to go as a spectator, uh, what's that cost me? Yeah, what we do is, is uh, we... You, you don't have to be a bidder. You know, public is invited. Kids under 12 are free. And uh, everybody 13 years and older can get in and spend the entire day there for a $30 ticket. Or you can buy what we call a season pass for $180 that will allow you to get in for all 10 days. Wow. Okay, now parking. Is parking free? Parking uh, is Osceola Heritage Park is charging uh, $10 to park. That money goes directly to them. And good news is this will be a very well-attended event. Will There will be a lot of parking available. They have been doing a fantastic job there at Kissimmee of constantly accommodating the tremendous growth that we've had at this auction over the past 10 years or so. They're very proud also to be hosting the world's largest electric car auction 
And so they have really worked with us to make sure that the facility is shipshape to be able to get people in and out of there in a timely fashion, get everybody parked, no traffic jams. Now this year I noticed that you, because uh, typically you guys were after the Scottsdale Collector Car Week. This year you came uh, a little before and you actually kind of bumped Scottsdale a week. So how'd that all come about? Yeah, you know, we've had that question a lot. You'd kind of think it was a bit of, you know, strategy on our part uh, to be able to kind of be, be the lead dog, you know, coming into the new year. But the reality is, uh, we're not quite that devious in our thoughts. It's simply a matter of venue availability. To be able to get the schedule that we wanted, uh, the venue there at Oscar Heritage Park only had this particular window open. Keeping in mind that our requirement for the venue doesn't span just the 10 days, we are there about 10 days before the auction, and we're 10 days afterwards uh, winding the auction down. So we're really, it, it takes us about 30 days to run this event. And it's really hard to get a venue that, that that can accommodate us within the schedule parameters that we have. So we were just really lucky to, we would have preferred to have our normal time slot but coming up a week, a week early, no problem. We locked onto it and said, let's do it. Okay, now let me ask you this. I think, was it last week? There for a while, I think you, you bought into a uh, motorcycle auction. Did that, uh, how th- that schedule was, if I remember correctly, that was always like a week before, wasn't it, in Vegas or someplace? Yeah, in fact, I just got back Sunday night, just a few days ago, from uh, Las Vegas. Uh, we, we did uh, host uh, five hours of that uh, on our television show uh, on NBCSN. It went really well. It's a terrific uh, motorcycle auction. In fact, the largest uh, vintage and collectible motorcycle auction in the world. Three days, 750 bikes. It was awesome. And uh, our crew was split in half as we had people on site over at Kissimmee getting that one set up. But uh, we did that at South Point Casino there in Vegas, and they're terrific hosts as well. And we had another record auction there, motorcycle auction, and we're up a million dollars in sales over the previous year. And we do that in concert with uh, Mid-America Auctions out of Minneapolis. Ron Christensen and his guys and us have joined forces, oh, two, three years ago, and uh, to work together to, to, to push this thing to the top of the heap, and it's been mission accomplished. Wow. Excellent. So you got a little of everything. And then I think there for a while you were doing a uh, memorabilia auction, too. Is that still in effect? We, yeah, and we actually we still do. Uh, we do tractors. We do memorabilia. In fact, at our Kissimmee, Florida auction of 10 days, we're dedicating two full days to strictly memorabilia. Our sort of a slang term that we use is road art. Okay. Uh, built a lot of the guys out there. But, uh, yeah, that's a big part of what we do. And if there's anything anything that would be that would be considered collectible, and interesting, we're glad to be on board. It's not all about the cars, although that represents such a high percentage of of what Meekum does. We're handling about 15,000 entries annually. It's wild. That's incredible. All right, picks for the year. The high. What do you think is going to be the high for, for, your, for your auction here at Kissimmee? Well, you know, everybody's looking at these Trans Am convertibles, and they're comparing with those the you know, the Hemi Mopar convertibles. It's going to be a real great show against GM and Mopar. Uh, so those are those are the forecast to be the multi-million dollar sales. There's some vintage Ferraris in there that also could be uh, a possible uh, competition for those American cars. But I think when the, when the smoke clears on Kissimmee, it's going to be all about the muscle car. Uh, you know, people should really take a look at the inventory. It's just stunning. I counted, I think, today nine... Uh, Hemi, Mopar Hemi convertibles. That's unprecedented. We've got about 30 cars that in themselves would be worthy of a standalone main attraction for any collector car auction in the world, whether it's Meekum or anybody else. 
the fact that we've got so many of these cars, multiples and multiples, is really unprecedented. And the collector car world is watching to see exactly what's going to happen. If Meekum pull this thing off, sure, they have a lot of momentum. They are the muscle car guys, and they're gaining in other areas, too. But can they sell these type of high-dollar cars in quantity? That's what everybody wants to know, including us. Is there, well, I guess I can almost answer this question, but uh, we got a few minutes left. But will there, do you think the, the, the question of saturation comes up? But then again, we know that some of the guys are getting up in age and those cars are going to eventually filter through the auction. So my question would have been do you think there's ever going to be a, a shortage of cars to fulfill your auction schedules? Probably not, right? Well, we hope not. Um, we think that. Time is going to tell, and I think we're seeing that now. Cars from the 50s and the 60s, we think, are always going to have appeal and always going to be collectible. Those were two decades where automotive design matched so closely with what was happening with American culture as well. Uh, the Cold War era, the atomic age, um, the getting into the 70s with all of the regulations and different things and having to switch over to more image than performance. Um, you know, there's a two- or three-decade time period where these cars are really classic and timeless and seem to be appealing to a newer generation. It's not just the baby boomers in their 50s and 60s and early 70s now they are clamoring over these cars. There is definitely, and you can see it, you watch the program, you see the bidders uh, seem to be getting a little bit younger, which is, which is great. And on top of that, the icing on the cake is so many of these cars are being bought and they're being pro-modded. Uh, and and resto modded where they're taking modern mechanicals and putting them in these vintage cars and that's primarily being driven by the by the generation prior to the boomers they like the image of these cars but they want modern brakes suspension fuel injected engines to overdrive transmissions and on and on and that's a huge part of our market and and, and that that's one thing that's keeping this uh, vintage car market alive is is that movement it's stronger than ever interesting interesting okay now let's we got a minute or two left uh real quick john carmen the redline 7000 band yeah you know it's a lot of fun it's all the same whether it be you know the music from the 50s and 60s the cars the guitars it's, it all really kind of meshes and i was really lucky back in 92 to hook up with a friend of mine who's a bass player jack harrington and and we put together a three-piece classic rock band we play a handful of times per year yeah, playing just all a bunch of just a fun garage type rock and roll, and and it just it just blends seamlessly from you know dealing with the cars to playing the rock and roll and having a nice collection of guitars. It's just it's just all part of that era, and it's just something I'm always going to be heavily involved with. Never give it up ever. Okay, good. Now that lets that you you're the perfect person to ask this question. I think you said uh, earlier I stood corrected that you play a jazz master, a Fender jazz master, right? I do. Yeah, that's my go-to guitar. I've got a lot of collection of jazz masters, and I love them. Okay, now now me being a Ford guy, and let's just say you're yeah. Chevrolet or Mopar. Okay, would it be fair to say that uh, I'm a Fender guy or I'm a Gibson guy? It's kind of like I'm a Ford guy, I'm a Chevy guy, I'm a Mopar guy. Would that be a fair statement? Yeah, very much the same thing. You know, everybody kind of gets caught up in their brand, and and uh, there's a little bit of crossover uh, out there, just like there is in cars. Okay, but uh, there's so many people with brand loyalty. I'm really kind of a Fender guy, but you know, I've got a Flying Bean, a Gibson Firebird, and I've got a Gretsch, and I've got a couple others. But by far, the bulk of my core are you know the Fender Jazzmasters. Okay, super, super, and that's a long scale neck, and you can explain that to us. Some mark, you know, we get into twenty two and twenty four scale and all that kind of stuff. Which, unless you're a musician, but I was going to tell you too that we just had a yeah. gentleman on earlier, Morty 
uh, Beckman from the Guitar Expo, which is going to be also next week, the same weekend as your uh, Kissimmee event. Are you going to get a chance to break away and sneak over there real quick? Uh, there's a very, very good chance I'll be able to pop in. I have been to that event uh, actually quite a few times over the years, and that is really one of the top guitar shows in the country, and it is a... That's a tri- that's the that's the equivalent to the Meekum auction when it comes to when it comes to guitars. Not just all vintage too. They've got some you know some of the more modern stuff. But I just go through there and and I've never bought anything there other than just a few trinkets. Okay. But uh, yeah, what a what an awesome event those guys do there every year as well. So what do you have in your own stable? Uh, just a real nice collection of Fender Jazzmasters, four vintage Jazzmasters, and uh, another group of some contemporary ones and the typical. You know, I've got a Marshall half stack, and I've got a Fender Hot Rod DeVille amp, and, um, you know, just really lucky to have, over the years, assemble a really group of, of great instruments and amplifiers that, that, you know, give you that classic rock and roll sound. That's what it's all about. All right, we've got about 30, 40 seconds left. Cars, what do you got in your big garage? Well, I'm glad you said you're a Ford guy, because uh, I, I wear a couple different hats. Uh, a couple years ago, I bought a brand-new 14 Mustang GT six-speed with a 420-horse Coyote V8, of course, black. I love it. I've got a 2010 Corvette with an LS3 six-speed, and my pride and joy is my 64 GTO, 39 tri-power four-speed, just like the song. Bought that when I was 19 in July of 1976, and I've kept it all these years. Well, my hat's off to you. I still have the car I had in high school, too, in 1973. That's great. Well, John, we're just about out of time. I want to thank you very much for coming on the show and talking a little bit about us. I want to thank my special guest, Stephen John Carmen. He is the consignment director and the, I guess you'd say, NBC commentator analyst for Meekum Auctions. One more time, plug Meekum this weekend for hey, us. Hey, if you're, if you're a car nut or... You just want to have the best time coming out to Osceola Heritage Park. Lots of information on Meekum.com. Doors open every day at 8 o'clock. Auction starts at 10 o'clock, and we'll go till about 9 or 10 o'clock at night. It is an amazing must-see event. Okay, super. Now, I'll tell you what, real quick, and I forgot to do this earlier in the show, but we do have some tickets, free tickets, coming for anybody that calls in. So give us a call here at the studio, 727-441-3000. That's 727-441-3000. You give us a call here. Anybody that calls in, I got I'll take your name. We'll take your name. We have tickets to the Meekum, the spectacular extravaganza in Kissimmee this weekend, the Meekum Automotive Car Auction. John, I want to thank you very much. Look forward to meeting you. I will be there this weekend and probably next weekend because i got to work during the week. And, uh, again, I want to thank you very much for coming on Nostalgic Radio and Cars. My pleasure. Anytime. All right. You take care. Hey, guys, that's pretty much a wrap for tonight. But, again, don't forget, this weekend, Kissimmee's Meekum Car Auction. Don't forget, Saturday also, DuPont Cars and Coffee. Okay, that's over here at their headquarters right off Almonton Road. Be sure and... Visit our website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com. Don't forget to, if you missed any of our past shows, check out our podcast, Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't forget, if you're looking for car shows, check out Speed Culture, the Mobile Enthusiast app. Bobby, what else we got going on? That's it. Okay, in the meantime, everybody, stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. I don't mean to be telling tales out of school, but there's a fella in there who'll pay you $10 if you sing into his can. Downtown Dave. I'm not here to take a record, you dumb cracker. They broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDTF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen. You dumb cracker.